Do I look like a pick me? No. How you gonna be a pick me? Act bad. But the the thing is, simps. No one likes simps, men or women. Mm -hmm. But men like like pick me, pick me, pick me. Men don't call women pick me's. If only other women call women pick me's. Yeah, men. But she's doing things that men won't want. Why? Why? Why will you make fun of that? But the pick me thing is about her trying to get picked. Is she picked? If men like her, why she ain't picked yet? You're yeah. assuming she ain't picked. Hey, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Buffet <laughs> Podcast. Yeah. yeah, and I am your host, one of them, Brandon, joined by the incomparable... He's back. Welcome to episode 97. Dang, we're getting closer and closer to 100. Getting closer and closer. Episode 97. And, you know, before we get started, go ahead and hit that like and subscribe so we can go ahead and push the video out to other people and get this algorithm working for us. I can't remember what you was about to say I next. couldn't. I had I swam before the, at the last second. I said, we got some new people and we got, you know, subscribers. We got a few more subscribers and stuff like that. We're trying to we're trying to break, get that first hundred real quick. You know I said? We're trying to, we're trying to get that compound interest. First you get a hundred, then you get five, then you get ten thousand. You know, it's like a little bit. Like, try, come on, come on, come on, y'all. Help us out. Big compound. The math, I don't know. <laughs> the math don't matter. That's super 10, compound. That's super compound. But yeah, you know, we, we sped it up a little bit because you know what I'm saying we just like that we like that we like that alright we ready we gonna, ready to hop into it you got you got a clip ready for us or you want me to drop oh you already connected I am already connected she has the power today I do have the power alright we're gonna get right into the boosh boosh is this man I'm so glad this brother said this because Hold on. I'm scared to lose my wife. I'm scared to lose my wife. And that's what it is. I love my wife a lot, but I'm scared to lose. Man, I'm so glad this brother said this because let me tell y'all something. I cherish my, I love my wife with the deepest chambers of my heart. I'm talking soul. My, listen, listen. I could think of nothing worse than losing my wife. Like I'm literally nowhere near the man that I was before I met her. And I mean that in a negative to positive way. I was, <laughs> I, I, listen, man, there is nothing my wife can ask me for that I will, listen, I go to the ends of the, listen, listen, y'all don't understand, man. <laughs> you don't. My wife is the completion to my puzzle, the, the beat to my heart, like my, like my sunrise. You, listen, John Wick ain't got shit on me if you try to come between me and my wife. I'm dead serious. I'm scared. Okay, he was bringing he was bringing back that '90s R&B energy. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was bringing he was bringing back that '90s R&B love on the knees in the rain. Please, please, energy. I'm not mad at it though. I mean, shit, he love his wife. Well, I guess my thought process in hearing that is the fear part of it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, look at it. That's what I heard is like, I'm afraid to lose my wife or I'm afraid to lose my partner. And I'm curious to hear from you what you think about that that, idea? that particular part of it, the fear. Mm. Well, first of all, I like to say 
my my guy, the one who was who was R and B singing but talking. Uh, he reminded me of Corey Holcomb for some reason. Oh, I can kind of see that. Face, but, uh, I just, I just had to say Corey that. Holcomb's so girl. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he. he it's he, the personality he, he, that the, makes him look. The things that come out of Corey's mouth is a like complete opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but when I first heard him say, you know, I'm afraid of mom. I was like, what did you do? You know, uh, when, I, when I first when we first see, hear that, you think men always got to do something. I'm on your side, brothers. <laughs> look at him. Yeah, because I mean, we when you say stuff like that. It, I mean, people don't say I'm afraid, I'm afraid to lose something when things are going well, unless she's like sick or something like that. In the sense of like, I'm afraid like she's gonna like leave this earth type situation. But you know, the f- on one hand, I can see you know like he's just saying like he really just doesn't want to lose his his wife, and the idea of it terrifies you know terrifies him. Uh, on the other, that whole that whole fear based, I don't know mentality. I guess I would worry that you know you fear it so much that you kind of bring it about. In, mm. in you know what I mean, so like you, you fear so, so like what does does this, is this behavior different because he has that fear, and what is that you know what is that fear? So it's, it's kind of like, it kind of reminds me of a situation where like if you are worried that like your partner is going to cheat on you. Your behavior will reflect that. You know, you're gonna be asking them all these questions all up on them or or her, looking through their phone, doing all you know, just being kind of like very suspicious. And then, if so facto, they leave you because like they don't want to put up with that. Mm-hmm. So I guess I would wonder if that fear based part of his, of his statement is real. How does that manifest within the relationship? Yeah, I hear that. I definitely think it could manifest in a positive way. Yeah. The fear could be rooted in like not wanting to take for granted what this person has done for you, what they mean to you and to your life. And so that fear may cause you to be more conscientious of how you're behaving towards them and like how much appreciation you're showing towards them. And because you're afraid, like you recognize what you have. And so you're afraid that one, somebody else could recognize what it is that you have and desire that thing. Mm-hmm. And then come to come to try to take that thing or try to, to ruin what it is that you have. And two, you recognize that because this person is who they are to you and what they've done for you to protect, protect what you have, you need to pour into it and make sure that that fear never becomes actualized. So I see it both ways. I definitely get what you're saying. And when I first heard it, I was like, I don't know if I want somebody to be afraid to lose me. Don't put yourself in that position. It's giving insecurity. I can already hear the comments. (laughs) It gives insecurity. I'm I'm pretty sure. I don't know if if you look through the comments. I did not look through the comments. I don't know. I just I just just remind me like if that was if they someone if this was reposted to like Shade Room or something like that. What would what would the comments you know uh, say say about it? But yeah. I guess I will wonder, I guess, to your point, is he not confident in the strength of the relationship? Mm. If not, why? Uh, but, of course, you know, we could just be speaking, uh, you know, we don't know the, you know, the particulars of his relationship, but we're just going off of just the, word, the verbiage that he used. And based off that, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of confidence in the viability of, of, of the relationship, at least from his on his mind, like his wife could be like, hey, everything good that. And also 
I don't know the context of that first first part of the clip because the guy came in and he like he clipped that and he could have took it in a whole different direction and he could have been talking about I'm afraid to lose my wife because I did X Y and Z da 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 da. So I don't I don't know. I don't know. I I don't have enough information. Okay. You need some more context. The other thing that I was thinking of as it relates to this, there was like an interview that Sierra and Russell Wilson, who Russell Wilson did a while ago. And I guess she asked him what his biggest fear was. And his, he said like his biggest fear was losing her. And I'm curious if in that situation or scenario, if it's the same thing, like if it's like a fear and insecurity thing, or if Mm. it's like just a recognition, I recognize how much you mean to me, what you do for me, what you add to my life. And I'm afraid to lose that. And if a healthy level of fear is a good thing to have in a relationship, Mm. like, does that keep you on your P's and Q's? Like, are you, if you're more cognizant of the fact that this person has options, that they have left other relationships, that they will leave you if things don't go the way that they're anticipating them going. If you have that healthy level of fear, does that keep you? Motivated to do right I can't hold you on that one the, I, Our argument could be made I, I think it could And hearing you And hearing you say that I, th- I, really, I, I think it could I mean because you have a healthy level of fear of your parents Right like you know that they're going to provide for you That they're going to do all of the things that you need In order to be able to sustain yourself But for the things that you want Mm -hmm. You know that there's a line that you can't cross There's certain things that you shouldn't do In order to make sure that you get what you want From them and if you do something Outside of the bounds of the rules You know that there will be a consequence Now granted your parents aren't going to leave you Hopefully But you recognize that there's like a line That you shouldn't cross and once you cross that line There's a consequence and that consequence Is that the person leaves but I guess In a relationship it works more on the positive Like the more deposits that I make Like I told you you have to have five to One positive to negative Interactions with someone in order for A relationship to be considered thriving The more positive interactions I have The more deposits I'm making I'm feeling good This one negative interaction I recognize like not even now that puts something in jeopardy or like I'm now the scale is a little bit unbalanced and I have to do more to get us back to a place of good. Strike fear in you, fear in your heart. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear, I hear that. Be I hear afraid. that. But also to d- don't, don't necessarily, yeah, I just often also don't think like a fear based, uh, mentality, Leads anywhere positive I guess Like I think uh, Fear is only good In the short term Mm. I mean so like Fear may keep you You know Keep you there Keep you doing Keep keep you acting right Temporarily But like whatever It's not sustainable Like Mm -hmm. the fear At some point The fear is going to fall away Or it's going to turn into Something else In my opinion Hold on a second All right, And we're back Had a quick Technical difficulty Got us Get right back into it. Uh, so yeah, I was saying about <laughs> fear is a really good short term uh, motivator, but I would question its long term effectiveness. If that is the, I mean, I, that is true. While that is true, that, while that is true, at the same time, I understand like the like the primal fear of losing somebody that you love. So like mm-hmm. in, in hearing like, so I say all that, and Dick also. It could also be that if you ask me the question, like what you know, what is my worst fear? My worst fear would be losing you. 
that doesn't mean I fear for the relationship. That doesn't necessarily mean that uh, there's anything negative going on, you know, or anything or anything like that. But I could fear the idea of walking through this life without you by my side. That's beautiful. So, yeah, right, right now, what I said before is still valid, and I and I agree with a hundred percent. And if that was what they, if if that's the mentality that they're under, in the sense mm-hmm. of like that that fear base, I don't think it's good, you know, long term. But on the other side of that, just just on like I'm a man and who, who loves his woman, I can understand that that is a that is a valid fear of of yours, like you know, with you. Uh, I do feel like I that is a that is a nightmare for me. I did that that idea, and then yeah. once, once we have once we have kids, the idea of losing that that will be fucking catastrophic. That be that be wild. So I, on that part, of, on the, in that sense, I can definitely understand you know where they're coming from. That uh, the idea of losing somebody, the, the the person that you love, your partner, is a valid fear in the yeah. sense, yeah, in the sense of like you no longer being in my life, but not in the sense of I fear that the relationship is going like to end. Mm-hmm. Those are two different fears, and yes. I respect that. Mm-hmm. I don't know while we're talking about this. I don't mm-hmm. know if I hear this from women. I don't know if I hear women uh, say that I question. have a fear of losing my husband, and I don't know if I have necessarily uh, that's a good point. A diagnosis assessment of why that's mm-hmm. happening but I guess it's because men don't leave for real maybe that's why <laughs> it's like my man not finna leave I, it's more fear I think women have more fear based around like will this man hurt me in a way that I will not be able to sustain or like hurt me and break the trust in our relationship so much so that we won't be able to repair our relationship mm. and move forward. So that's where like the fear of cheating comes in mm. the fear of it's, I feel like it's probably just cheating. Like, and there's different levels of cheating or like different consequences as a result of cheating. You cheat. You got me out here looking crazy because this girl's on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You cheat. You got me out here looking crazy because you got a side baby. You cheat. You got me out here looking crazy because you funding this whole girl's lifestyle. Like, it's all cheating is the the big fish, but then all the other things that, that come you do, with it, yeah, can yeah. make it a little bit worse. So I'm saying, that was one of the points I made in the uh, the panel that I was a part of with uh, on humble Bat, humble dad. Shout out humble dad. Uh, hope you hope y'all caught it. Check it out if y'all haven't. I said one of the one like the, the question was. What are what is a way or what are some ways that will minimize the chances of your woman leaving you? And I said, don't embarrass her. Mm. That was like that, that was one of my uh that was like my main answer. Cause I was like, most things are work outable, but as soon as this shit is in public, for soon as yeah. you as soon as you put it out in public public for public consumption where other people can chime in, whether that be family or friends or what, or what, what have you now, that's a lot of other pressures involved. And now, you know, you embarrassed her and then, you know, now she got to think about, Oh, if I stay, what, you know, the, the perception of me, what is it going to be like, mm-hmm. you know, out, out, out of there and a lot of people, you know, understandably so can't take, you know, that, that t- type of pressure. So it's like, if you, if you kept it like on a low, no one knew it, I think it's much easier for those type of fuckeries to be worked past and through eventually, uh, as opposed to when you fuck up in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. 
So I so like one of those like if as long as you embarrass her, you have a, a decent decent to good chance that you could probably work through it. It's gonna be some strong. I'm not saying that you're gonna be Gucci at the end of it or or uh you know everything's gonna go smoothly, but I say you have a decent enough chance to, to repair and do what you need to do as long as you want to do that. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're right. That embarrassment piece is the straw that breaks the camel's back because with the embarrassment comes the influence of other people. Not only am I experiencing it, but the people around me are experiencing it. They have opinions. They have perspectives. Mm-hmm. They're sharing those things with me. Girl, I could never. And it's the feeling is... N- Less about what you did, more about how my response to what you did says something about me. I would look stupid mm-hmm. if I yeah. stood next to you mm-hmm. while you did this to me. And so it takes a certain amount of character and like commitment to the relationship and commitment to like seeing it through to be able to stick with stick with and stand beside people through certain things because you you gonna feel like you look stupid and you're gonna mm-hmm. have everybody else's opinion in your ear. But I feel like a major key to making sure that that doesn't happen is make sure your business is your business. I mean, in this situation, I get that you can't control it. But I think like when you're willingly sharing information with Mm. other people about your relationship, you get that input, you get that perspective. You did that to yourself. Like you, you invited people into your relationship to give you an opinion Mm -hmm. and perspective. Mm -hmm. Now I get it. Sometimes we're looking for support. We're looking for validation of our feelings. We're checking to see if we're tripping or not. But the people that you're using as sounding boards need to have a healthy level of respect and I guess, intentionality towards the health of your relationship that you may not be able to get from every single one of your friends. It's not that your friends don't care about you, but they don't necessarily care about the relationship or they don't necessarily care about your partner and like all of the interworking parts. Like for them, if you are the priority- Mm -hmm. I'm your friend. I'm not that nigga friend. The advice that they're going to give you is what they think is going to best serve you, not Mm -hmm. your relationship, not your lifestyle, like- What's going to best serve you? What do I think is the best thing for you to do? Or even sometimes, what would I do if I was in your shoes? And you and that person are two totally different people. So again, like, what what am I seeking in sharing this with you? And how do I set the intention for what I'm hoping to get out of this conversation before I divulge whatever it is that I divulge? And do I have enough discernment to decide who needs to know what and who Mm -hmm. can actually respond to what I'm saying with the most intentionality for the success of my relationship and not just me. An addendum to that is having to like be, I think we probably talked about that in like an early episode. I talked about this in an earlier episode about choosing or picking like the right people to, like you said, to, to devote this information to. So like if I'm, I'm in a relationship, I'm married or what have you, and I'm going through troubles and difficulties and I choose to divulge and divulge, uh, well, just to be like, my boy, am I tripping or not? But then you talk it to your playboy friend, mm-hmm. like th- th- their advice is not going to be the same as if I come to my guy, my, my one of my guy friends who's married and got a family and stuff like that. So I think I think you, you mentioned that there is a lot of they're looking at you like you're you're my friend, so I'm looking I'm trying to look out for you first and foremost. But I I would think that a friend or a confidant or what have you who has similar circumstances as you like mm-hmm. they're also married they also got a family and all these things and connected they also would take that more into consideration when it when it come and formulating their response to you as opposed to somebody who's just you know by you know on, on their own single leaving living and moving single 
So I think I personally think I don't know if it's true or not. This is just like my own personal thought process on it. It's like if if I would ask my single friend and I would ask my my married friend, I feel like I might get two different different answers or coming mm-hmm. from a different different way. So it's like okay, well I hear what you're saying personally, like yo, that's fucked up. La da 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 da. You also in this in this process, you also got to consider what the impact of this is going to be on like the family. Are you willing? To, is that something that you that's on the table? Are you willing to do that? Like, versus your, your single friend could possibly just be like, "Yo, you just need to get up out of there. Fuck everything else out of there. Just need a clean break. Start like start over. Start start over or something like that." Mm-hmm. I could, you know, I, I'm being, I'm, I'm not leaving a lot of room from nuance in this, which I know that that it, that it will exist in like in real life. It doesn't I'm, matter. That's the clip. That's what they're gonna take him <laughs> run with. Yeah, yeah, he hates single people. Yeah, damn. But I'm, I'm, but I'm not. That's not necessarily anything you know bad about it. It's just it's just what it is. Like that's just the type of time you're on. You don't have like the. You may not have the. That's not your experience, so you can't really mm-hmm. you can't really speak to it. That's not a consideration that you've had to had to had or had to make before. So it's not going to come immediately to mind. But in my know, in my mind, in your mind, I get that. But I also wonder if because the married friend has ha- has shared ser- similar experiences, mm-hmm. if they're the better friend to go to and have your feelings be validated mm-hmm. as opposed to the friend to go to for advice, mm, right? Because like I've been there, way. you know, like I we experienced this. I totally get it. This is how I handled it. This is their advice versus the single friend who adds value in the sense that maybe they are, you know, one-sided and only focused on you, but they also could probably be very idealistic and like have a more rose colored glasses view of relationships and offer you something that maybe your married friend won't offer because they're not in the space where they're still wooing people or mm-hmm. impressing people. So your single friend might be like, just do this or like try this, try to get her this thing or have this new experience with her to infuse some newness into the relationship or this is how you can solve the problem. So I, I say that to say that I think that there's value in both sets of advice. There's pros and cons to each, but I think that there's value in the single friend. And I think a lot of times we think that the single friend doesn't have anything to offer, but what they do offer is that like new different perspective Mm -hmm. of like anything can happen, especially if it's a single friend who is desiring a relationship, anything can happen in a relationship. You might need to be a little bit more forgiving. You might need to offer a little bit more grace. Maybe you should try it this way. Maybe you should do this other thing that is a, different perspective than what your married friend could offer and just the yeah, I've been through it and this is what we did. That's true. I mean ask both talk to both. Talk to both. Cut, split the difference. Uh collect as much of yeah, advice as, as much, you can. Because yeah. I was definitely a person who was like, you're not where I want to be. I don't want your advice, sweetie. Yeah, I mean I I think it's kind of a call back to like would you take financial advice from a homeless person? Maybe. I was like, they got broke on. They didn't get broke on purpose, so they know some of the missteps they they made. They they can. I'm assuming they can tell you the things that they did that you shouldn't do. Yeah. So just off of that, that might be a a good move. So maybe I might listen to things not to do from them, Mm -hmm. and not necessarily things to do. But then again, in learning what not to do, they probably learned. Ah, I should did this instead. Yeah. But yeah, there's value. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has a little bit of value. You, You can pull a little bit of value from from out of it. We're gonna have a kiss. That's how the fucking That's how the clip's gonna. How are we gonna start? No. It's gonna be. This is gonna be the first. The first scene. No. Kiss, kiss, kiss.
I have a kiss. kiss. This kiss. I never asked you for a kiss. What do I look like? What's a female scent? A submissive. No, we could pygmies. Oh, pygmies. Do I look like a pick me? No. How you gonna be a pick me? If, Act bad. But the, the thing is, simps. No one likes simps, men or women. Mm-hmm. But men like, like pick me, pick me, pick me. Men don't call women pick me's. If only other women call women pick me's. Yeah, men don't but, call it. She's doing things that men won't want. Why? Why? Why, why will you make fun of that? But the pick me thing is about her trying to get picked. Is she picked? If men like her, why she ain't picked yet? You're yeah. assuming she ain't picked. She's given. I'm not picked. How do you know that? See, that's a, that's a, that, that, that's a story they tell themselves. Well, feel this better. this is the thing that I feel about. Even though I feel like people don't, not all people who are in the world want to be married. I do think that people use marriage as a symbol of like you got picked or you didn't get picked. Mm-hmm. And. I mean. It, Most I, of the world, that's literally what it is. I it. agree, but I'm just saying, in popular black culture, that's not necessarily the bar that we're all aspiring to. So, pick me's. I think either you need to have a man posted or you need to be married in order for us to know that you got picked. Why you ain't posting? What you got to hide? Well, because they ain't got picked yet, don't mean they don't want to be picked. And they and they trying no, to do the you, things to be picked. Nah, you should already been picked. You should have been doing that from the cradle. You should have jumped off the porch. She's a pick me, but she got standards. You're saying pick me's don't have standards? They just take whatever? Do they? And she said, hey, I, I do, I'm going to do the things that the man want me to do, but I want to do those things for the man I want. That's valid. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Go ahead. Get picked, girl. Do what you need <laughs> to do. But... Don't put other people down in the meantime. I don't know if you needed to clap. We could have kept that in. I'm, I'm still, I still will. It's just not safe. I still man. Yeah, I just, wanted, I, just want, the, I just wanted to make it easier. Maybe the first clip. Go ahead, girl. Do what you got to do. Get picked. Get picked. Pick me up. Pop me down. To the left. To the right. Around town. Bleep pink. <laughs> Bleep brown. (laughs) Going down, trying Mm -hmm. to get it, get the Uchi scratch. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I have some common fears of relationships. Okay. We're going to get into it. Okay. Here we go. Seven common relationship fears most people have early on, but are hard to admit. Infidelity, which we already talked about. Mm -hmm. Intimacy, which I thought was an interesting mm, one. I can see that. So it's a fear around feelings of fear and challenges connecting to someone, being able to open up and share your lives with someone. And usually it stems from early childhood experiences. Like, I don't know how to have a close, intimate relationship mm, with somebody. Oh, my mind went sex, but okay. No, not that type of intimacy. I know. As soon as you started talking, I was like, oh, you meant. Which I feel like I don't know if I feel like it's a no. I was I was gonna gender it and say like I feel like that's more so a fear for men, but I don't think that that's true. I think that I think I I absolutely think women fear more about you. Are we we still talking about sex? Are we talking about regular intimacy? We're talking about regular intimacy. Go ahead. Sorry, you're right. 
Goodness <laughs> me. <laughs> I think that maybe it's more men that are like, I don't know how to do this or I'm afraid to do this because I can't get this back. Y'all slang that dang a but mm. your feelings, I'm not yeah. really interested. Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, how how women guard their, their poom-poom. That's how men guard their their vulnerability mm-hmm. and 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 that stuff like that. Yeah, so it's like you only want not by you. I mean, women. Women only generally want only want to give it up to people who see are worth it. I guess same thing for for guys. We don't just don't want to be here being emotional whores. Like just be just being vulnerable with everybody. Why would you do that? Drop that guard, sweetie. Yeah, just dropping guards I'm all over the place. I can't afford that. Break down the you know walls. I mean? We can't be doing that. Cause on the on, cause on the low, I on the low, I think men are more more sensitive about this, this type of stuff than women are. Just off the just off the women are used to doing it, mm-hmm. doing it, so they have you know familiarity. So like the, the pain, why they they still feel pain and hurt and stuff like that. I think they're a little, they're a little bit more resilient when it comes to like the emotional. Uh, pain, but I think just guys build up an armor so things don't affect us. But when things affect us, I think mm-hmm. like we it, like it hits us a little bit harder. Because and we, I think we can kind of see it anecdotally. Just like what would a or what would a hurt man do? That's real. Like they be a, going through it. A hurt man will kill the whole family. So yeah. So I think on on the low, I think. Men generally are much more sensitive uh, about that those type of things, and because of that, I think subconsciously we we guard it more. Mm-hmm. So because we we can't allow we can't afford for the wrong person to hurt us, because mm-hmm. a hurt man is like a shell of themselves. They turn into something something that no That's one no, that no one wants to do. A hurt man is the destroyer of fucking nations. So nobody want to see that. This is very real. A woman scorn is gonna damage some material goods, but a hurt man, war people might die. For people will die. Like it ain't nothing, it ain't nothing to play with. It ain't, yeah. it ain't nothing to play with. Mm-hmm. So I think that is uh you know a little bit of that playing 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 into it. So yeah, I do agree that in general guys are warier. Of exposing, of, you know, of being that intimate, even once they get into a relationship, it still takes time, you know, to you know get to that place that their partner probably feels is a, is appropriate uh, for them to be. And it's like, I know things are good now, but you know, anything can happen. You sure? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I do think that once you get there, I think there was, there was some of the. The woman who've been able to unlock that in their men, I'm quite sure is probably like the best shit ever. Mm-hmm. Everybody happy, flourishing, skin clearing up, and things of that nature. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I, we'll check back in when we get there, y'all. We'll let you know how it is. <laughs> My skin has been clearing up. Freaking, you know, your skin has been getting better. I think we still got some room for growth, of course, but you know. Follow us on our journey. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got, what, two out of seven? We got two out of seven. We got next, the fear of abandonment, which. I think it kind of ties in. To what we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. It 
says in this article that it can relate to insecurity about yourself, a past experience of loss, a lack of support or consistency from your partner. So Mm -hmm. this feeling of like, you're here for me today, but you might not be here for me tomorrow. I already have been through this, lost someone, Mm -hmm. broken a connection, and I don't want to experience that again. I think a lot of these fears are based off of like, which is true for most things, like based off of either past experiences that you personally had or experiences that you witnessed. Like when I think about children of divorce, like their fear of commitment is so tied to what they saw as a result of their parents' divorce. Like they don't want to experience that mm-hmm. for themselves firsthand and they don't want to experience that for any children that they potentially have. So it's yeah. some, it sometimes not even you. Adele made a whole song about it. No, that poor... Boy, little boy. I don't know who I. I don't know if I feel like anybody's poor. Nobody's poor in that family. (laughs) No, big bucks. Mm -hmm. Okay, the next one is a fear of losing the spark. Hmm. Hmm. Things are good now, but they might not be good in the future. I like your butt now, but I might not like it ten years now. I I also think that's probably more of a. uh, If you were to gender it, I think that's more of a fear on the on the guy side. Really? I did not think you were going to say that. Tell me more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You were afraid to lose the spark? Uh, maybe not in that in like in in that way, but I'm thinking of like all the conversations that guys have like hey, everything good in the beginning, but at the end, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like you know, it dry up, my boy. You know what I'm saying? Like the sex, you know, go, you know, the sex decreases and as as you go along, y'all was swinging from the rafters when y'all started by the end of the day, you got to beg and plead just to get a little so I guess I'm speaking specifically for like the sex, uh, but yeah, I, I would say that I think I, I personally think men have a larger uh, worry or concern about the spark dying out. They probably probably wouldn't say the spark, mm-hmm. but I think the the general fear if so fact goes into like the spark that things so everything starts out well and then I just you just, you just turn into. Your roommate, yeah, like a roommate. Or you, you know, you, you just, you just here. You know, I, like the uh, the unha- unhappy, the unhappy husband that just has to be there, and it's just like a like I'm just here, just off duty uh, alone, and I'm just not happy. But I'm not gonna leave. But I'm just yeah. That's a that is a I think that's a valid. It is valid, and also I think it's a, a pretty big fear that guys probably have 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 experience or i think most guys would admit that like that is a concern especially at the you know beginning of the relationship maybe even during the relationship but i think Mm -hmm. it's a real one yeah i don't know if i thought that you were gonna well i definitely didn't think that you were gonna say men but i hear what you're saying of this idea that there is i guess like i was gonna say mythology but i guess it's more like what's that thing a popular held, popularly held belief. Mm-hmm. A popularly mm-hmm. held belief, mm-hmm. like a word for that. Mm-hmm. Urban legend, I guess, is maybe what I'm thinking, but I don't even know if that's right. But anyway, there is it's popularly held belief that your relationship is going to change for the negative over time, mm-hmm. especially from the man's perspective. That some of the benefits that you were receiving by being in this relationship are going to decrease, and that decrease signifies a loss of of spark or like a mm-hmm. loss of value in the relationship. Yeah, like we we worry that you know our, our woman did was fine when we met her, and mm-hmm. then you know had a kid. So it's it, yeah. 
It's the fear that as a man, you're not allowed to stop being the things that you were when you got when you got mm-hmm. your partner. But it's kind of understood that your partner, like your woman, is going to like it's going to like deteriorate. Now, not deteriorate. That's a strong Jesus. word. My, my, my apologies to y'all. I'm sorry that wasn't the right word. I shouldn't have used that one. I'm sorry. Ah, don't kill me. What I, I meant to say, what I might, <laughs> what I might to say, meant to say is there's kind of a begrudgingly under, under, understood that you know women are may kind of change. change. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Change in a, in a manner that I guess um, uh, the guy w- wouldn't like. I guess or mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and it's just part of life, you know. What I'm saying because, like, guys, you, you're you're not allowed to really say, like, I want my woman to be fit through our whole relationship. Like, I understand that you know you're going to get pregnant; and that's going to come with weight gain and things of that nature. But like, I want you to stay within a few percentage points of where I, where I met you within an acceptable amount of time for you to get right. Right. If a guy says that, they finna get lit up because like, oh, you don't understand women's bodies. And da 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 da. I don't know. But on the flip side. I don't think there is too many. There aren't. It, I haven't heard as much women being like, I have that same fear about. You know, like, mm. I got my man. He had a six pack. You know, twenty years later, he got the beer gut. That's not. We haven't like it. I just. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I feel like the the dope boy, the dope boy body. Like no, the, the, that's not kinda it. Popular. It seems dad, like it's popular. Dad bod is popular. The dope boy body has the skinniest legs <laughs> and a little like. Okay. Lean in the sh- I don't yeah. like so it. So I guess what, I, I wonder what is it, what is it about the dad bod that women like find attractive? Uh, we eat, I eat, we eat. I guess I so saw I, a comedian see that, say that like, mm, he mm. looks like he be eating. That's true. So you know, it's chubby, chubby fellas, chubby fellas. You know, what I'm saying y'all can make it work as long as y'all got the, you know, so we make we can make it happen as long as we got that. You know, we got the riz as the as the young folks you know would, would say sturdy. So. That's yeah, why I, that's that's why I would mostly say that the fear is mostly on the the men's side when it mm. comes to the fear of the spark, you know, dying out. Okay, valid, Khaled. Commitment we already talked about. Mm. Discovering a deal breaker is the last one. Discovering oh, so uh, that discovering a deal breaker that you didn't know you had. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Says so falling in love with someone and discovering something about them that you just can't get over. Mm. I think that's if you're going to gender it. I think that's what probably falls closer to on the woman's side, in my opinion. We don't have to gender it though. I will put you back it's in fine. front of the fire squad. No. no, but let me see. I can attest to like having that fear of like, okay, I want to know everything that I can know, so that way I'm not surprised by something. Mm. But. Because people are going to change, because I'm going to change, because you're going to change. I don't think that that fear serves you because the deal breaker might not happen year one, year two, but it might happen later. And hopefully when it does happen or if it it if it does happen to the sense of like it's just a difference of opinion or a difference in desire, you'll have learned how to compromise. Mm-hmm. Like you'll have had opportunities mm-hmm. before you get to this quote unquote deal breaker to learn how your partner thinks understand their perspective and understand how like what we talked about in the last episode how to like hold both things within yourself like instead of being like i want this and you want this you're my opposition like 
why does this person want this other thing? What are they hoping to get out of it? How can I hold like what they want and what I want in the same hand for us to be able to get? Is there any wiggle room for me to be able to accommodate them and mm-hmm. like let them have this thing that they want? Or do we need to reach some compromise that leaves both of us like satisfied? And hopefully you'll have had practice mm-hmm. with that. And if you haven't, it'll be a great opportunity for you that's to practice true. those skills. That's that's fair. You know, uh, what would have been considered a deal breaker in like year one or less? Yeah. Probably may not be a deal breaker in like year 10. It might it might be like a a break situation. Like, mm, let's, you know, pump brakes to slow down a little bit here like, or speed bump or something like that. But it may not necessarily be, you know, a, a deal breaker. So I guess it would depend. It would depend on what the deal breaker was, I guess. But yeah, I think I think all of that is very depend, very dependent, circumstance dependent, which mm-hmm. is probably true of most things. Yeah, they, they everything everything. it requires a little bit of context for us mm-hmm. to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. What's talking? Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> okay, okay. Boy, that nose is running, running down the street. All right, well we can wrap we can wrap this up here. Damn, that was her breathing through her nose. Gross. It's something about it being in this room, babe. I swear. The fan mm. doesn't need to be on. I'm pretty sure it's not. I need hot. it for me. I feel the heat that's this fan is, is keeping it's keeping away burly. You're gonna need to close these blinds so the sun doesn't get in here. Maybe you said that two weeks ago. Did I say that? Yes. Oh, I'm gonna do it after this. All right, all right, <laughs> Final y'all. Final food for thought. Final food for thought. <laughs> you was about to wrap I was it about up. to wrap it all up right, on them, and we out. Uh, yeah. Final food for thought. Will we go first? Go first, please. Okay, my final food for. Ooh, my ooh. final food for thought is to not let fear rule you. Mm-hmm. Fear exists. It's a natural part of life. But usually we are fearing something that's unknown. Like you can't know it. You can't control it. You can't do anything with the fear. So acknowledge it, like recognize that it exists and then move forward. Because if you let it rule, you let it control you. You can't do nothing. You might as well just crawl into a a hole. With that being said, it reminded me of... Oh yeah, the clip that uh, what we watched, what we saw today with uh, the Breakfast Club with uh, eighty five South coming in with uh, DC was talking about the situation. Uh, what was what was it say that you can either was it him who said it? It was I don't know. I think I, might, I think it might have been them. It was saying that like you can either like you or you can either wait you can either wait to die or or live. And let it come to you, or some, or some, mm-hmm. some along those lines. Like, like you gonna die, so you can either fear it, stay, stay still, and don't live, mm-hmm. and don't live, and, and then death gonna take you, and you had never let live, or live your life, and then just be, and just know that death is gonna take you, but at least it's gonna catch you while you living. If that makes any sense? Yeah, I did. It was something like that. Yeah, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Damn, y'all should go watch that. It was. It was, it was, it was a very, good, it was very good. good at- interview i was gonna say episode but that's not right it's a good it was a good interview it's not all comedy it Mm -hmm. very little comedy more real world more like sharing Mm -hmm. their life experiences which which was cool all right that being said thank you for tuning in to another episode of the buffet pod 
Podcast, episode 97. And if you haven't already, go ahead and hit the like and subscribe button. And go ahead and hit the little bell button so you can be notified of any future episodes. Because you bangs with us heavy. The long way. You bangs with us the long way. All right, y'all. Anything you want to say? Thank y'all for listening and laughing with us. We're so grateful to have you. Your time is precious. You do not have an infinite amount of time. So we're grateful that you took the time out to listen to us. And we hope you gained something from it. And we'll see y'all next week. Peace.